3: Welcome back to another episode of Around the Coin. Today I interviewed Kendall Cole, the Head of Product at Near Protocol. Near is a layer 1 blockchain protocol designed to provide the ideal environment for dApps or decentralized applications by overcoming some of the limitations of competing systems such as low throughput low speeds, and poor cross compatibility. Kendall is in the process of transitioning out of his current role with Near to co-found Proximity Labs, private incubator and research firm focused on the ecosystem of NIR. So we talked a lot about Near, but we also talked a lot about other blockchain protocols and just the current state and opportunities in crypto. Today's show is sponsored by Otter Labs. If you are interested in Working at a crypto company as a developer, or if you're interested in hiring a developer for your crypto project, check out hireotter.com. The company Otter Labs helps connect developers with great opportunities and great opportunities, such as companies or protocols in this case, with developers. So check out Hire Otter for more details on that. And as a quick note, we actually work with Near Protocol, as a disclaimer. So If you're interested in the product, check out Hire Otter for more details as well. And with that, I hope you enjoy the show. Here is Kendall Cole. All
0: right, we did it. We're live. Uh, Kendall Cole, sir, welcome to the Around the Coin podcast. Uh, I'm excited to just have a conversation with you, learn what you're up to, and uh, maybe we can kick that conversation off with what you're working on now at near protocol, um, maybe starting from the beginning, what did you see as the initial foray or opportunity to, uh, create with near where, where did you start? And then where are you currently now as a call it organization or protocol?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, cool. Well, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, I guess just to give a little bit of maybe helpful background. So before joining Near, I was actually at a company called Consensus that builds a lot of Ethereum projects and products. We were working on a decentralized blogging platform there, and uh, I joined Near in 2019 after a couple of years at Consensus. And you know, mainly just because you know, I think they were they were seeing a lot of the same things that that a lot of people in the space are seeing, but especially that I that I kind of resonated with. Uh, you know, they had a, a technical you know sort of roadmap and protocol design that uh, was both, you know, inspired by YouTube, but also was kind of, you know, experimenting in some different ways. Um, They're big believers, and we still are, that uh, you know, sharding is uh, a very, you know, useful way to scale a base layer. There are certainly some challenges, but you know, the trade-offs seem to be worth it from our perspective. Uh, And they were most importantly, they were really focused on, you know, how scalability scalability can, uh, and you know, lower block times can impact and improve the user experience and the developer experience. So, you know, that's kind of why I was attracted to here and i joined i guess you know about a year and a half or two years after the project originally started uh and about a year before uh before mainnet was launched um, so yeah that's you know I, in in those days it was really about you know can we can we actually deliver both the you know, the protocol itself but then also all of the you know the tooling uh both on the user side and uh on the developer side and and the validator side you know, there's kind of the three three major sort of actors in addition to token holders uh, that's necessary. And can we do that with, you know, a small team, but then also building up, you know, an ecosystem of, you know, teams, products, companies, individuals uh, that can help deliver this. So yeah, that's how it was when we started and it was really just kind of a slog of, you know, figuring out what exactly we needed to do uh, and then just, you know, kind of making it happen. and you know, fast forward, we launched, you know, yeah, about a year after I joined, we launched mainnet. And that was all, I think actually just about a year ago, uh today or almost today or like a few days ago, um, which is really exciting. And you know, now now it's very different. You know, the, not only is the world very different <laughs> since that time, but the, the crypto sphere is very different. Um, and you know, the focus now is really just uh, you know, you know, continuing to build as you know, fantastic ways of a community as we can, you know, focusing on the people, because like that's you know that's really what's going to make the difference. I mean, you know, yeah, we have our scaling solutions, other chains out there is, you know, there's there's a lot of good tech out there and a lot of smart people, but what really makes the difference is, you know, what kind of applications are built, um, kind of, you know, developers do you have building, targeting your, your, your chain, your technology, uh, and what kind of people do you really have just driving it forward? So that's, that's sort of the focus now. So, uh, hmm. you know, myself and my team, uh, we so we're actually no longer we're, we're not a part of Near. We are a separate company called Proximity that... Uh, it's made up of mostly, you know, former near, former near employee, near place. But um, our focus is really on the DeFi ecosystem and how we can support teams specifically in that space. Whether it's building applications, whether you know they're, they're using these products or, or just interested in kind of learning more. Um, and so that's yeah, we're really focused on you know how do we bring more applications to to near, how do we bring more users to near, how do we bring more capital to near, uh, and make this you know healthy, sustainable, and something for the long term.
0: Yeah. And so you sp- you spun off another company. Just so I understand the, the foundation here, being at Consensus, mm-hmm. there was a team already running at the time when they were working on Near. And the, the concept that attracted you was the idea of sharding versus, I guess, partitioning. And the, the te- was it the technical appeal or is it more like, hey, I want to just be on the ground level at an early stage organization i'm curious how, how the dynamics worked and why split off w- proximity versus stay with with near
1: yeah those, those are great questions so yeah i mean i was you know very much in a sort of i don't know ethereum maxi i guess i would call it when i was at consensus uh you know i thought I, I really believe the narrative you know ethereum's gonna adopt and kind of new you know new, play, new advances that um you know that they, they come out and uh, and the community is so strong which is what attracted me to there in the first place It's so strong You just you know, saw it as kind of a you know unaccrossed book but um you know I, I think what was different about near is that they really I mean al- almost all of their you know the communication was focused on you know this is how we envision these products looking in a few years like the end user product they were thinking of from that perspective um and I thought that vision is what really resonated with me you know is, building a product on Ethereum and, and, you know, seeing all of the pain points and you're know, talking to users and thinking at times, you know, yeah, this kind of sucks. Uh, I mean, it, it, things have come a long way. I mean, I, you know, I use Ethereum every day. Uh, things are way better even just a, a few years later with, you know, the the, 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 I guess, incremental, but important changes that have happened on Ethereum at that time already. Um, so let's not to say that Ethereum has come a long way, but, um, yeah, that's, that's what inspired me to join here. Um, yeah so yeah it, I think you know, i I didn't believe that charting was you know was a, an interesting technology. I wasn't sure if it would work yet. no one had actually gotten into work yet in the kind of adversarial environment that is you know uh trustless cryptocurrencies uh, anonymous- cri- active cryptocurrencies but um yeah you know, I thought it was at least worth a shot and, uh, and, and still it still do after you know working with a lot of people much smarter than myself who who mm. seem to believe it's uh, it's a path forward yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess you know, separately, uh, you know, as to why we decided to spin up proximity, um, I you know, I think it really just came down to uh, you know, we had a lot of uh, a lot of areas that we really wanted to focus on, you know, the, me and my co-founders, um, and you know, it, it didn't necessarily, it didn't really make that much sense for us to you know, build it within near, because you know, it, Nearing right now is actually shifted towards really being focused on uh, developer tooling and and that experience. And, you know, like the what we really want is, you know, as a, as a, not as a neighboring member in play, but as a, you know, just a broader ecosystem member, you know, what we ultimately want is a lot of different actors who are just focused on, you know, the many different areas that, you know, we think Near could can serve. You know, so we're, we're one of the teams now of many, thankfully, that are focused, you know, on these financial applications. There are other teams focused on, you know, NFTs, the social token space, creator economy, others that are focused on gaming, et cetera. Mm. Um, and I think that's exciting because you know we, we had a lot of uh, you know a lot of people who wanted to build these things you know that were, were working for Nearing at the time um but that that can lead to you know, it makes it hard for Nearing to have like a very clear focus if uh, if you have a lot of people within it that you know have different sort of interests uh, and so I think this uh, you know this makes us a, a bit more resilient as an ecosystem um, and then personally and you know me and my co-founders you know this gives us the flexibility to really uh, you know like Enact our sort of strategy and what we believe is to really get path for it for the the D five part of this ecosystem. Mm.
0: And are, are you guys? Uh, I, I want to know if you're if you're building now. Are you you know? Does your day spent you know, coding and, and building product, or more or less talking to other people and thinking about investing or contributing to them? Um, I I, I want to ask that, and I, I I'm curious how near is structured. Is near? Maybe we'll tackle this one first. Is uh is near a typical company? I mean, are they C corp or LLC, they're a protocol. So they, I, I'm, I'm, I'm purely curious on the the trends of how organizations are structured. You know, whether they're completely decentralized or completely centralized and registered. Um, how near is or if, if there's anything that you've learned throughout that process or what you generally believe is uh, a good path forward on maybe protocols or company building and how that's shifting.
1: Yeah, great question. So when I first joined, there was Near Inc. I, I joined Near yeah. Inc. and there was also a Swiss foundation, the Near Foundation. Um, you know, and and those have been pretty. I think those were established pretty early on, and they have been you know fairly separate for a while. So uh, you know the way the way it worked, especially in the early days, when you really was those two plus a few teams that were focused on building you know applications and protocols on top of Near. Um, you know, near Inc. was was doing the client development, they were doing uh, most of the developer tooling and, and development, uh, built a wallet, built an explorer, hmm. all of that good stuff. And you know, it was definitely one of the primary sort of actors in the near space, uh, especially you know outside of you know end user applications and in and, and protocols. Um, the foundation, hmm. meanwhile, was you know the the sort of initially the kind of one of the main and essentially their goal, you know, similar to the Ethereum Foundation and others, is just to, you know, ensure the continued, you know, I guess, whether it's success of the network or just kind of, you know, long lifespan of the network and you know thriving of the network and the ecosystem. one of the ways they could do that is that, you know, the foundation up until now has had, you know, a large chunk of sort of near they could use to kind of, you know, I guess, you know, fund different parts of the, you know, the ecosystem and just, you know, make sure that the the right groups of people are working on it. So that's how it started, you know, and, and I mean, now there are, you know, many, many organizations um, that sort of make up almost more of like a constellation of, you know, the, the New York ecosystem. Um, so some of us, you know, uh, some, some of these companies are led by people who were early members of New York Inc. Um, and, you know, uh, sometimes we, they're, they're, you know, the foundation might be involved, you know, in, in some way with, uh, you know, helping like provide some initial kind of like seed capital or whatever that might be. Um, but in a lot of cases, you know, even some of these spinouts are you know really entirely separate. Um, so I think you know, well, yeah, and we've seen this with a lot of other ecosystems too. Is you know you you end up kind of with something fairly similar where there is kind of a uh, some sort of foundation whose you know sole purpose is really just you know it has no sort of profit motive, no sort of uh, you know, ROI necessary, at least not directly. They're they're really just focused on you know how do we maybe allocate capital effectively, and then also just you know try to bring the right people in and, you know, like tell the right story uh, to make this a success. And then you have, you know, usually dozens or even hundreds or maybe even thousands at this point through Ethereum, uh, other, other organizations that, you know, have similar and related goals, but also kind of, you know, have their own sort of, you know, targeted strategies and yeah. intentions for, for inret- return on investment, et cetera. Yeah. And, and, you know, Near, as, near, as that, you know, near as, is, is going down that path as well. Um, I think what we did realize, which was, was interesting is that, uh, you know, some of the best people who were positioned to, you know, to build on near and build some of these early companies were some of the early, you know, kind of, you know, members of near anchor or members of the near foundation. Um, and, you know, I think that's something that we've seen in, in your plenty of other ecosystems as well. Um, you know, I'm not exactly sure how quickly we sort of, you know, started to try to have focus and have these different entities as opposed to, you know, other ecosystems, but, uh, so far, it's yeah. I think you know, I'm, I'm glad we did it what we did. And I think so far, it's you know, it, it's working out. Uh, it yeah, it's it's really strengthened us to to go this path.
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems like that's the that's the the play is like lay down the I don't know if you'd call them rails, but just the the layer one, the base it's protocol, and then mm-hmm. people who are contributing to that do so because they see the vision. They're doing it more than just the. Um payback or the return on the investment and they some te- some people may be you know financially well off they can spend all day doing it or they do it part time they 're open source contributors and, mm-hmm. and 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 then from there that 's the you establish this like base protocol foundational layer, and then people go and build you know companies like yours or or other uh, uh, application layer uh companies that can raise money from traditional investors and they have a clear go to market strategy and they 're more recognize. It's like you have the Gmail app or the superhuman app and you have that built <coughs> on top of a, an email protocol. So I, is that how you sort of think about it this is that the the first couple of years have been this foundational layer, open source co- contribution, maybe people are making money on the rise of the of the token if there is if that if that Makes sense, but generally it's it's like, hey, people want to lay the foundations for other people to build on top of that. And near is just not just, but near is another one of the similar parallels to Ethereum. Um, so Ethereum, I imagine Stellar. There's probably what would you say, fifty or so? These I, 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 networks that have kind of grown, maybe maybe thirty. So I'm curious what your
1: response to that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's exactly right. And that's definitely what an experience. Um I guess, you know, I caught like the, you know, maybe the middle part of that uh in the Ethereum system working for consensus, which I guess was, you know, the first kind of major company or one of the first major companies established for the, the Ethereum community by one mm-hmm. of the founders, of course. Um and, you know, I, I maybe the difference is the I think it happens a lot faster now, uh, mm-hmm. than it did with Bitcoin and, and Ethereum. Well, Bitcoin, I guess was kind of unique in that uh you know, yeah, it was, it was almost like, you know, that there was never really a central company or a central kind of foundation behind it, and still isn't. Yeah. Um, but definitely for these other networks, I think we, we've seen this, you know, a pretty similar trend. Um, maybe the one of the things that's different, you know, Ethereum, I guess, um, yeah, you know, they were pretty, they, they didn't build many, or I guess they, within the Ethereum foundation, they built a lot, and uh, but they, they pretty quickly, I think, tried to, or maybe it wasn't even intention. But we saw that, you know, a lot of the core developer tooling actually came out of Consensus and OpenZeppelin and, and, and a few other entities very early on. Um, and, you know, I think that's a little bit different, or at least like, maybe actually it's not different. Maybe it is kind of the same, but maybe we'll see, you know, I, and I kind of hope we do see like the near wild and others get out-competed by these, uh, by these other, you know, kind of upstarts that are coming out. Uh, I guess that, that has happened more or less with Solana and Phantom becoming like a big, a big Maybe the, the predominant wallet as opposed to the ones that were developing the organizations. So, um, but yeah, I just think that's absolutely patents. You know, this, this initial group, they, they, they lay the vision. They create probably create most importantly the kind of, you know, community values that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, attracts people and, and like lays the, you know, like the core part of you know, what are we trying to do here? Uh, they build the initial tooling, build the initial clients, you know, create, uh, become like an important funding nexus for, you know, other people. Uh, you know that that end up wanting to like be early participants in the community uh, and then you know over time actually kind of cease to exist in a way or lose their their mm. you know they become less critical uh to the success of the network. And I think that's the ultimate goal. Uh you know Ethereum has certainly done a very good job of this. And I mean I actually feel, would feel pretty confident that if Ethereum Foundation were to shut down tomorrow that you know that would not be the death of Ethereum by any means. Um you know maybe uh and end like Higher order applications that have done this successfully would be, you know, MakerDAO has has already dissolved the foundation and, and seems to be, you know, continuing to do just fine. So, uh, you know, I think maybe that's even the path, uh, or without a doubt, that's sort of the that that's the path that Near is on. You know, how far down that path we are is hard to say, but you know, we do have we do have now some, you know, some I guess you know organizations that are kind of standing on their own two feet mm. that are that are outside of that initial source of power and and even quite a few of them. Actually, and so that's uh, yeah. I think it's an exciting path, and we'll start so one that we can you know get to.
0: Yeah, yeah. And w- when you were there, and and when the when the organization, I don't know, uh, should I call it organization, company, protocol? What w- internally, what do you refer to near as? I mean, near is a protocol for oh, sure, and yeah. you know, near
1: is that's that's the most important thing. Uh, there is you know near Inc that builds like the client, the main client implementation right now in a lot of the tooling, and there's a the near foundation that you know like, essentially acts as sort of a, you know a steward of. Of the protocol, but the protocol itself is, you know, it's now it's run by you know the validator community. Really, they're the ones who, you know, even if these organizations went away, as long as the validators continue to validate, then you know, near protocol continues to exist. Mm, mm.
0: And and is funding for this um, for near Inc. Is that? Did they raise money through an ICO, or how is the uh, how are people paid for their time? That there were people who are paid
1: for their time. Yeah. So, I mean, initially, I guess, uh, you know, when the project first started, they they raised, uh, you know, traditional venture capital, Mm. um, like many of the kind of, you know, post Ethereum layer ones and layer twos. uh, And that was, you know, provided, that provided basically the capital to get to market and to actually launch the protocol. Once the protocol was live, there was a a public sale of, yeah. But yeah, that happened, that happened after the protocol online. That happened, I guess it was about July or August 2020. Was mm. what
0: happened, and and we're just to just to calibrate where NIR is today. We're talking October sixth. Uh, NIR is what market cap of the of the token is two hundred and fifty million. Are there other internal metrics that um, you think of to measure success or progress? i um, certainly maybe the price or the market cap. Um, are there other things that that are, are indicators of, of progress and success? I mean, users.
1: Well, users and developers more than anything. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. so for uh, one of our one of the key in internal metrics for Nearing for a long time was uh, like monthly active developers. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, you know, trying to measure how many developers are, one getting onboarded, You know, how many of them are reading the docs, starting to build things, starting to you know play around with TestNet, and then how many of them continue to stick around. And if we're growing that number and there's you know growing the ecosystem of builders, then that's success. You know, that's mm-hmm. going to lead to all the other things. That's going to lead well, hopefully to users. Uh, you know, I certainly believe there's a correlation there, um, but it's not exact. That's going to lead to more people that, you know, want to have the token because, you know, in order to be a developer and a user, you do need some NEAR, right? That's, you know, one of the core functions of these smart contract, typical Layer one smart contract platforms. Uh, that's going to lead to, you know, to total value locked in the DeFi space to the number of NFTs sold uh, to, you know, all the creators that are going to come in. Or at least that's how it starts. Um, so developers were, were definitely the main focus. I think, you know, and proximity, we, you know, and this is kind of the beauty of, like, us, you know, being able to spin out and have hit different targets, you know, we, we do care more about things, you know, like, total value locked, volume, uh, you know, unique number of users is important. I think, you know, the reality is it's it, a lot of times it is kind of a whale's game in DeFi these days. But, you know, I think one of the beauties of these, you know, more scalable chains like there with the lower transactions is that we can actually target more, you know, everyday users. So, so we do care a lot about kind of user number metric, unique user metric, as, as best as we can measure that. You know, not always easy, um, and you know some of these more you know higher order I guess metrics. Yeah, um, you know, ticket price is usually not a, a huge focus. I mean, you know, obviously, I think the reality of it is that you know you do like you know it that can that can that can help and hurt you depending on how it is. But to, to focus on it, you know, it's uh, you know it usually isn't really the, the best approach. The way you
0: think about it? Yeah, yeah. And what do you think is the um, decision that, uh, say, a developer is sitting there and they're thinking, "Hey, I want to get into blockchain more seriously and contribute, dig into the docs, and you know do something." Uh, they're looking at the different protocols that are out there. How does it sort of? If I'm almost drawing like a comparison chart, is there um, sort of a niche that Near is is deliberately trying to fill in comparison to? You know Ethereum or some of the other popular protocols, or how,
1: yeah, just how do you yeah. see? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question. So you know, yeah, the, I guess the well, where we're seeing a lot of traction has been kind of in the NFT space and uh, in early traction. We've, it's things have definitely changed on the DeFi side as you know we've had some big protocols go live recently. Um, but I, and I think the reason for you know for the early traction and more the NFT and even a little bit gaming side was just because, you know, that's really what Near was sort of designed to do is facilitate these uh, extremely cheap transactions, you know, extremely, you know, our, our, our finality times is second, so things happen pretty quickly. Um, and this is just more of a, you know, a comfortable, almost Web2-esque experience for users. And that was really, even with the wallet in, uh, you know, the Explorer, we, we wanted to create as kind of Web2-friendly experience as possible, like the, the minimal kind of onboarding friction we could. And so where we saw, you know, where we saw some early, I guess, you know, traction from developers, you know, people who are targeting those for Web2 experiences that were empowered by blockchain, you know, even enabled. I mean, really, you know, that's what we want to build is things that couldn't exist without the blockchain, but to target more of a mass market. So, you know, we've seen people do things like, you know, drop, you know, hundreds of thousands or even millions of NFTs on, you know, people who have never actually touched a blockchain before. And they can do, they can, you know, receive that just by, you know, clicking one link you know, that's something that's possible on here. that's, uh, you know, maybe not impossible on other chains, but it's certainly very difficult to do. Uh, and, you know, we, we focus very, very much on, you know, making this as simple as possible to put together and build. And I think that we still have ways to go, but I think that, you know, we've, we've achieved some measure of success with, uh, you know, we've, we've gotten a little bit further down the path of like the, the end goal and to where we started, and uh, maybe relative to some other chains. So that's, that's where we saw a lot of the early success, but, uh, you know, and that's really, I guess, the use cases that we, we want to, we ultimately want to see is, you know, what, like, not just, you know, not just building the, the, the same kind of platforms that have achieved, you know, pretty fantastic success on Ethereum, but thinking about, you know, what isn't possible on Ethereum because of the limitations of Ethereum as it stands today. Um, and, you know, like what, there, I think there's a lot of use cases, uh, you know, many more use cases even that we've seen so far, uh, or at least, you know, new extensions of that that are going to be possible because of, you know, this new architecture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting answer. I, 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 I can't imagine what I think about in a traditional startup I've been involved in, in a few and there's sort of a top-down hierarchical, you know, structure from the founder setting the vision down to the product managers and developers that build and people sell for, but for, for, for protocols, it's, it's, it's more, um, it, I don't want to say grassroots, but when individuals contribute votes to, um, validators or there's the case where I guess near Inc would be top down, you know, it's setting the vision for the company. People are hired and paid more traditionally. They've raised venture funding, um, is it clear? Do you think internally, from what you've seen and, and behind the scenes of, of where you're building, or is it more like, hey, we'll we'll try to build this for a few months and see what the market reacts to? And oh, by the way, people are really into NFTs right now. You know, let's just double down on that. Is it more? Are we moving that fast in the industry where there's no, or I should say, there's very little long-term vision and people are just building in the direction that the protocols? Uh, carry them, so to speak. I, I don't know if, uh, if I'm asking this in the right way, but uh, I, I almost feel like it's it's difficult from the outside perspective to see exactly how the different chess pieces fit together. Like, okay, here's what Stellar is trying to do. Here's what Ripple and Bitcoin and Ethereum and Near and you know so on and so forth. And there's all these use cases. And the goal I, I view as what we're collectively doing is each of the protocols and each of the application layers fit into the use cases. So we're moving from a world where we're trading, you know, digital, we're trading physical art to digital art. That's a huge, like human conceptual shift. And so technology has to support that. So there's like opportunity and and NFTs and gaming and, and trading on art and, uh, and, and NFTs is the way to do that. Gaming is another one. I think living like, you know, almost having an avatar life, like living in <laughs> in the, in the digital world, represented by blockchain, is um, is another big area. Are, do you, is this how you think about it, or like how how do you sort of think about product roadmap in, internally? Maybe at near, or even then at proximity.
1: Yeah. So that, that's a yeah. That is a fantastic question, and I think gets into a lot of the reason that you know that proximity exists right now. Yeah. Uh, and some of these other companies exist is. It's, uh, you know, what's fascinating uh, and empowering about, you know, these like layer one, you know, these blockchains that, you know, I mean, it's pretty, it's a somewhat of a form of generalized compute, right? You know, it's, it's effectively some kind of database. You can write arbitrary data to, it can have arbitrary state, it can execute arbitrary functions. And, you know, most of these platforms are Turing complete. So you can essentially, you know, program in any kind of, I mean, mostly Turing complete, you can program in any kind of, you know, execution steps and the sky is the limit as to what you can build. Now, I mean, the, the limiting factor, of course, is that uh, you know the the just distribution is not free and it's very expensive, and there's just trade offs, and so you know, not every application is a fit for this. But uh, but the the fact that it is so broad, I think, does make it it creates a lot of opportunity. You know, there is like essentially, it almost feels like you know a fair a very large subset of like what's possible in software, uh, and you know, almost everything or a lot of things are possible in software, and so you know, figuring out what you're going to focus on is uh, is difficult. And uh, you know, I mean, what is Crypto, it's just that, you know, it's a, it's part of the internet. You know, that's what's so exciting. It's internet currency, internet art, internet whatever. And the internet is also, you know, moves at an insane clip. You're, you're essentially, you know, you have all of the people in society, you know, billions of us who are all interacting and, you know, coming up with new things. And it moves at, you know, breaking speeds. So, yeah, you always have new narratives. You always have new, you know, new excitement, new things, new potential use cases. And um, that can be very distracting. It can. You know, yeah. it there's... <laughs> If, if you, could, you could, there's a new narrative every day, you know, especially on Twitter, crypto Twitter, you know, it's, if you're chasing those, you'll never get anything done yeah. or you'll never get anything deep done. You know, you're going to be building this like small, like maybe cool experiments, but never anything that's real and like a, you know, a, a core, you know, like foundational product. And and this is something that affects, you know, these base layer teams as well, like us in here. And, you know, I think the way I guess I view that is, you know, that's a big part of the reason that, you know that their proximity sped out is we we really wanted to focus on financial applications. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge I think that there's, you know, digital art is amazing and it's, you know, it's gonna unlock all kinds of you know crazy things that we haven't even thought about. I think the metaverse has to be built on blockchain technology. I can't see another way that it realizes its full potential without something like the blockchain and, and you know what that represents as far as you know digital scarcity. Um but I I I'm a fan of you know permissionless finance and how you know the the, the limitless potential for ways that we can you know think about how we work, like, you know, finance, financial assets being so key for human coordination, like the ways that we can, you know, like, re-sort of organize using this tooling. Um, and even that's very broad, right? That's hmm. still a very broad space. Um, but that's just one subset of, you know, blockchain use cases. So, you know, that's why, you know, we at Proximity spun out was to be able to focus on. So, anyway, the, the yeah. thing, to, to sum all of this up, the... the what I'm sort of getting to here is that it's it's impossible to focus, I think, as a, as a core team, because you're going to be experiencing all these new narratives. And so what you have to do is essentially, you know, you have to be even more rigid than that. And I think this is what NERIC is, is you now able to do and focusing on is the, like we built the blockchain and the tool. Like, that's what we do, you know, the and, and we're going to tailor this towards, you know, we are going to tailor this a little bit towards where we're seeing traction. But for the most part, it's trying to be fairly general, right? It's, you know, uh, it's libraries that just, you know, are focused on, I mean, it, they're essentially the lower, the lower level app, like the lower level applications, the lower level use cases, the lower level tooling. And then the, the ecosystem and the, and the many different teams in the ecosystem, they'll pick their third niche to focus on. They might build the associated tooling that's necessary. They might build the applications, whatever they're going to build. But, you know, it, essentially you need, this is where you need this broad ecosystem. And this is, you know, what we've seen the Ethereum, right? Is, you know, what the foundation is still responsible for is getting, you know, almost narrower and narrower. Um, And then you know the many other sort of iterations and applications are being handled by other teams in the community. I think that's kind of the only way Mm. this can really work. Mm. Um, And we have seen teams. You know, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going
0: to ask you. So you mentioned you you're building uh, permissionless finance tools. Like, where do you specifically draw the fence around what you're building at at Proximity Labs? And are are you guys building like, is it a you know company where you're going to raise traditional VC, build, and then you know charge customers for revenue and IPL or sell? Or how do you sort of see the trajectory?
1: Um, I know I'm asking yeah, multiple questions a, at once. <laughs> sure. Well, so that, that first question there, you know, I guess, you know, where do we, where do all the line? So I think the easiest way to think of it is our, our kind of mission. And the reason that we sort of exist is to, you know, help facilitate a healthy DeFi ecosystem on here, which is, which is a broad topic. So I think that, you know, the beauty of, you know, coming a bit after Ethereum is that uh, it, it, I think it's clear, you know, I, I would say that Ethereum's e- DeFi ecosystem is, is I, would, I would consider healthy. And so there's a bit of a, you know, path of, to, or at least some, you know, definition as to what does that mean? You know, I think there's, there's sort of some core components that are necessary, whether that's, you know, decentralized exchanges and AMMs like Uniswap, whether that's lending like Aave, oracles like Chainlink, et cetera. These kind of core components that enable the broader set of use cases. Um, there's you know a certain amount of capital that's required in order to you know make the ecosystem healthy and these native assets that have liquid markets both on the chain and off the chain um, and you, there's a few different components that are sort of required and so there's you know our goal at proximity is to is to make sure the data gets there as quickly as possible so that we can focus on the good stuff which is you know innovating and, and taking advantage of you know the unique benefits that the you know the chain brings mm. um, specifically as it relates to DeFi applications so the way we sort of operate we do, we do a few things we kind of do three main things so we operate a grants program where you know we, we help you know essentially get other teams off of the ground who are interested in building DeFi applications for near you know and we do have kind of a hierarchy of the application in you know what we're sort of looking for but we're, we're fairly general when it comes to that and that, uh, that we there do you, some advice
0: you're're you're, you're that, that. you' you raise money to invest in early stage teams building on near
1: so those are those are just equity free grants with no expectation of our um it's those it are done in near so we, we have basically an allotment of near tokens, uh, that we've received, and we, you know, essentially, yeah, distribute them on. Um, pure, purely, that's a you know, we, we're it. just looking to, it, yeah, build out the near system.
0: And, and just so I understand the structure of that, so near near inc or organization owns a percentage of the near uh tokens, they gave you guys a grant to manage those tokens, or they gave you guys tokens to give grants out to other people that are building on near, and that's. Or maybe not they, maybe you gave yourself. Well, wow, like how <laughs> how does yeah, it Yeah, yeah.
1: So we're not we're we're not part of Near Inc. anymore. Right, so that, right, that's right. an important distinction. So yeah, we're we're separate. We then applied for a grant from the Near Foundation. So the Near Foundation, I guess, is the, 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 the main grants giver right now. Although they actually have an explicit goal to, you know, to decentralize that process further, but they're they're still, you know, enacting that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're the main grants giver. Then you have Near Inc. is actually a recipient um, of you know grants from mm-hmm from the foundation and they do most of the client development and tooling. And then, you know, uh, uh, there are a bunch of teams that have done this, but we at proximity, we have received a grant uh, with the expectation that we're going to, you know, essentially use our more specialized knowledge, more focused, you know, I guess, you know, area uh, to, you know, further distribute some of these grants to teams building these financial applications.
0: Got it. Got it. And what would be say out of the total pie, hundred percent of the, of the near uh, tokens, what percentage is, is say managed by, um near Inc. or has been given by the foundation to near Inc. or to you guys um i'm curious how that's structured
1: yeah that's a good question i, I don't know the exact numbers i'd say you know upwards of 90 percent still is retained by the the foundation because wow. the goal is to you know distribute that is to distribute that over you know many years yeah uh, probably you know at least the next i mean yeah you know, you'd have to ask the, the foundation yeah. themselves exactly what their timelines are i know they do plan to dissolve but um yeah, they, they do expect that grants, you know, we're building for the future and there's still a lot of work to be done. And so the, the goal is to make it last for some time. Similar to kind of, you know, the yeah. foundation is, you know, what, five plus years, more, actually, because I guess 2014. So like seven years into it uh, and they still you know retain a, a healthy chunk of it. So I think it'll be fairly similar.
2: And
0: the way we'll see. And, and yeah, right. No, that makes sense. And do you, how much do you, th- do you think of it as, as capital under management that you have or, 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 uh, is it a couple million that you're giving out in increments of 10,000 or are those,
1: is that way off? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's directionally right. We'll, we'll be doing a, a bigger announcement in a couple of weeks, sure. uh, kind of explaining, explaining how things are going to work, but that's, yeah, that's directionally correct. Um, and yeah, I mean, the grant size kind of ranges, you know, really depends on the project and their capital needs. Like we can do, you know, much larger grants, um, but typically, yeah, it's in the, you know, it depends on the stage of the team, really. But it, yeah, it kind of reaches the same, you know, 5 k k up to, you know, could be several million in the, the more extreme cases. Cool.
0: Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's check one. So you mentioned there's three core components of what you're doing yes. at Proximity. And Proximity, just to recap, is a branch off from the Near Inc. Uh, organization building on Near. So the first thing you're doing is managing money to give to people to build on Near.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sec- the second thing, uh, mostly advisory yeah. services. So uh, We don't charge for this. This isn't, you know, revenue generating, but I mean, the goal here is really just to kind of, you know, teams that are interested in building, trying to help them, you know, help them get to market and understand, like, or I guess first stage it is, you know, understanding you know, what is there, what is the potential, what's the current ecosystem look like? You know, I think what's what's exciting about these, you know, these projects is that they, they often build off of each other. Uh So, you know, a lot of times there are sort of dependencies that they need, so we help, you know, explain to them, you know, what sort of exists, make intros and kind of, you know, help try to connect the early DeFi ecosystem and these different teams. And then, you know, help them just kind of, you know, with general sort of strategy. Um So we've done that with a few teams ranging from, you know, automated market makers to, you know, lending products to, you know, Oracle's, et cetera. Cool. Cool. And
0: that is free advisory services. So, so far I'm mm-hmm. counting two free services you're offering. Uh, yes. <laughs> is the third one, you're, you're building stuff in exchange for actual currency to pay rent or how, how do you, what's number three?
1: Yeah. Great question. So number three is building. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I mean, and this'll, I guess maybe also three, uh, you know, explicitly it is, it is just more research and development, open source software, no expectation of profit, uh, how do we actually manage that? I mean, again, we are kind of funded by, uh, right now we're funded by, you know, this grant from the Near Foundation. Uh, our plan in the future will likely shift towards, you know, maybe some kind of venture studio um, model where we will, you know, like actually you know, build projects, launch them, retain some, some percentage of w- whatever it is, you know, whether it's, you know, actually the revenue from the product or, or other, you know, other ways that you can make money in the, in the crypto space or, or at least accumulate some value um, but that's still to be determined. So, I mean, the beauty of it is that we do have some time to figure this out, and, and the goal really, really is just to to get this ecosystem off the ground. And then, um, yeah, I don't think we'll have too many issues, you know, creating more of a, a proper adventure studio. We already have a a long list of of uh, people are interested, and in also, uh, you know, things to build. Mm,
0: yeah, interesting. So the 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 play really is now give away money, give away advice, and uh, and and Help contribute for free so the th- three ways you're you're still in the, the the mindset really of let's grow near like h- all hands yes. on deck grow the protocol get developers on board because you realize if you develop the expertise personally and among your your co-founders and near takes off and people are really building on it that expertise is hugely valuable because then you can go to investors and say hey we're early contributors, founders of Near. We understand the protocol. We want to build stuff on top, but we need money. We'll trade you money for equity of the projects that we build. And that is kind of like checkpoint two in terms of, um, I, you could launch this. I mean, I'm sure you're planning on launch this, launching these products through Proximity Labs. Um, it's still too early to do that, though. It's still You're still not quite there in terms of thinking about uh, launching like VC-backed or ICO-backed. Uh,
1: projects on near, so it's definitely not too early. We had a lot of projects that have actually done that oh. uh, recently. I mean, there's been you know, in the last you know two months, we've seen probably ten plus projects go to market. Most of which, if not all of which, are sort of VC backed or you know, some of them did you know more pure community types of races mm. that we worked with. And I think mean, that's an interesting model that's actually been pretty successful on years. So we've seen a lot of the a lot of these core early projects have been able to you know figure out more of a you know quote unquote mm-hmm. fair launch kind of community type of model. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, it's definitely not too early and it's more that, um, you know, there, there is still, yeah, near is still in that, you know, let's build out, like, let, let's, you know, build out some of the early kind of infrastructure mm-hmm. and, and, you know, make sure the pieces are there. Um, and so, or it, yeah, I mean, the way we see it is that that's true. And so, you know, the, I think our goal is really impact, right. Yeah. You know, we are, we are near team members, you know, we do, yeah, we have upside near does well. Um, and we so you know it, it's in everybody's best interest for us to focus on where can we have the most impact uh that might be and we, we've we have identified opportunities to launch products uh and you know that is the fact that we're going to go down it's more that uh you know i think by us operating this grants program obviously advisory services and doing some kind of you know more pure open source work right now that's where we can have the, the greatest impact because yeah. there are and, and you know i think the you know, the best case, yeah, for us, still, we still kind of retain this, I guess, early near team member. Where it's like the best case for us is that other people build really successful applications yeah. and launch them on year. So let's focus on helping them first. And you know, once once that's uh, you know, that's happened, I mean, we're at number we're at eight now. I want to see that. You know, I want to see fifty plus or so. Then it's then it's us going in and thinking. You know, because what we what we personally want to do is, you know, we 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 we're, we're all very early crypto people. You know, we we see where we can even push the DeFi space on Ethereum forward. Uh, and we, we just want to get near, near like lay the found, like groundwork on here to, to get to that point as quickly as possible. Yeah. And so that's why we're focusing on these, you know, these not directly profit um, producing opportunities now so we can, we can get there, hopefully even by, you know, end of the year, early next year. And then we can then we can think. Okay, yes, now we can implement all these crazy things we
3: have.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, really yeah. It attract. makes it makes a lot of sense. You know, in many ways. There's a uh, there's parallels to the the VC world where you know you think of like the classic social media app that doesn't make any money, but they like Instagram. Take Instagram. Thirteen people working on this photo sharing app. It has no revenue. Uh, you know, typical investors are are critiquing it, saying, how, you know, how can you work in a company that has no revenue? But they don't see the value creation. In the network, and the, the network gets huge, and then they're acquired by Facebook for billions. And that is a non-intuitive way to build a business, you know, as opposed to like, okay, we're growing revenue month over month, and then we sell it one day. Whereas I think that what you're saying and makes a lot of sense is that if you're an early contributor or even just an investor, you have stake in the game for a protocol with the tokens. Then maybe your time is is always best spent giving away. Uh, advice, contributing on open source, helping other people build because you're like you're just laying the seeds for other people to make your initial investment worth way more, which is uh, there's parallels, but that's uniquely crypto. I mean, you you <laughs> yes. you know what? It really is because that, that whole concept of a network effect and community is unique to the decentralized blockchain. Are there companies of those eight that are special to you or that you're particularly excited about or even throwing out a few examples to um, help paint a picture of what, what people are building on near? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, so... I guess one of the areas I think is really critical for proof-of-stake networks, you know, is uh, is this concept of liquid staking, which is basically where you can, you know, you, right now you stake your NIR and it's locked. And you can't access it for, you know, up to 48 hours or so. Uh, and this is pretty common across every single proof-of-stake chain. It's part of the, you know, the inherent security model of proof-of-stake. Um, the downside to this is that if you have all these other ways to use NIR and your NIR is locked up, then you have to choose to basically forego what right now is about eleven percent annual interest in order to go pursue these other opportunities, and you know that that creates that creates a, an unfortunate trade off, not just financially, but also you know, your choice is then to like you know essentially remove the economic security you're providing to the network by you know, unstaking your coins. Uh, and so it's a really unfortunate trade off, and a solution to it is to you know essentially issue like a receipt to uh, users who stake their coins. That represents, you know, a claim on that near. and because this is, you know, a one-to-one or, or, like a perfect sort of, you know, perfectly understandable claim, this can then be accepted in, you know, other applications, you know, particularly in DeFi applications. You know, it could be used as collateral on a loan, like a lending platform. It could be used even to kind of you trade it if you wanted to unlock some temporary liquidity, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a, a, a team that we've worked with called MetaPool that has uh, a few weeks ago launched their liquid staking play. And I think that's going to be a really critical building block of DeFi on near and also on other chains.
0: Wow. Um, so you're, you're trading. So, that's one, so you're, yeah. you're both you're staking, which means you're, uh, I mean, stake. Would you agree staking? The good definition for that is you're um, you're agreeing to um, not move any of the currency you have. You're, you're staking it in the ground, so to speak. So you can't move it for some set period of time. But what you're saying is that comes at a price and that you can't, um, make interest on the, is it that you can't make interest on the crypto while it's state or that you. No, you do, you make, do interest. make interest. That's in- sort of the,
1: that, yeah, that's what's paying you the, for the opportunity cost. And you can't trade that, it. Uh, so you interest. can't trade. Yeah, that's the, that's the trade off, right? Yeah, you can't trade it or even, you know, use it anywhere. So I think, you know, one of the, the coolest things in DeFi is this like passive kind of, you know, economic opportunity Play, you know, you can you can lend that to other people or use that as collateral. Mm-hmm. If you say you want to, you know, unlock some liquidity without selling the token, uh, you know, you deposit it into Aave and take out a loan in USDC, and now now you you know you have some liquidity to do whatever with, and then you can come back and you know repay it and get back your collateral. Um, so being able to do that is is very beneficial. Yeah. And what's cool with liquid staking is that you can you can actually take a loan kind of against your future interest because you can you stake your token, stake your nair get yeah, what's called ST-NEAR, which roughly represents a one-to-one relationship with NEAR, but it accumulates rewards. So basically, as you earn more NEAR, the balance of your ST-NEAR, or at least the value of the ST-NEAR in this case, grows to, to mirror your staking rewards. And you can then you know, use this as collateral to get a loan, and your loan will almost sort of repay itself over time as you accumulate more of the staking rewards, uh, which is pretty fascinating. Interesting. I think it's going to be... Yeah. Really. really Wait.
0: Cool. Can you rewind that a little bit? So you, I, I understand sure. the concept of the liquid staking. So you're, you're staking your, mm-hmm. your currency, and then you want to be able to, you know, trade that staked currency, or yeah, trade it with other people. So you can effectively use the concept of a receipt that says this is proof of my staked currency.
1: Then go, so then, what were you explaining there? I didn't quite grip it. One of my favorite you know, use cases for this is so you know, let's say I'm a near holder. I have near. I believe in the future near. Uh, I don't want to sell it, but I do want to, you know, buy a house or something right. like that. Um, so, you know, one what I could do is I can, you know, deposit my near into, uh, you know, an over collateralized lending platform like Aave or Compound, mm-hmm. uh, and then I can borrow usually some up to some percentage of the value of my near worth of, you know, a stable coin. Um So that's great, except that, you know, if I'm doing that, then I'm not staking this near, so giving up, you know, eleven percent annual rewards on this year, which, you know, could be really liquid And you're also pe- you're paying, um, right? I mean, in order to get that. And you're, and, paying, yeah. and you're paying, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely not free and can't even be very expensive. So you are paying. Um, so it's great with, you know, with this liquid staking is because what I do now is I you know, put my near into this protocol, I stake it, I'm running those rewards, and now I get some collateral token. Uh, I can take this collateral token and use that as the collateral for my weather. And so I'll be, you know, basically as it's sitting there, I take out, you know, a loan worth fifty percent of the value of my my near. my near. My near is going to, well, at least in theory, grow in value. It's definitely I'm going to accumulate eleven percent more near over the course of a year. Now, obviously, you know, the price of near is an important variable in this. You know, if the price of near stays the same and the collateral value on my loan increases, you know, if it doesn't, you know, obviously that's that's, a, that's something you have to pay attention to. But what you know, what could happen here, is, especially if I believe the price of NIR is going to go up, is that. The collateral in my loan will grow, and you know I can even you know essentially use this collateral to then like pay down the loan, mm. uh, or at least to pay the interest that i have owed on the loan. So you know it, you know worst case I guess if the interest is you know at 11, which is you know a little bit on the high side, but you know not crazy depending on on the time, then you know it's essentially an interest free loan, which is a benefit. And if the interest is lower than the loan, then I'm actually you know. Yeah, I can. You, know, you could even set it up and trigger a way to where it's actually just going to automatically, you know, sell some of these rewards and pay down your loan for you. So it becomes kind of a self-repaying button, which is pretty fast. And, and what that effectively means is that you're taking a loan against, you know, your future interest that you're going to earn on your collateral, which is kind of fascinating. Mm.
0: Yeah, taking a loan against your future interest. Uh... Uh, I need to wrap my mind around that. So you're not you're taking a loan. Taking a loan is you need a lump sum of money. So you're buying a house. <clears throat> you do need a lump sum mm-hmm. of money to buy the house, uh, but you're getting that through. You, you get you can't get the loan through.
1: You still be paying an interest on it, right? Yeah, you can be paying interest on it. The idea here, though, is that if the interest rate is lower mm-hmm. than the than the staking rewards per year, so the I APR see. of the loan. Is less than eleven percent, right. then yeah. you That's that's where this works out. If it's higher than eleven percent or at eleven percent, it's kind of a wash. But then it just becomes sort of an interest free rate right. because, like, at you know, you're going to basically just be able to kind of pay it off, you know, pay it off over time, which is which is a nice benefit. I mean, the the, the other choice you have is to you know not use this this staking derivative and just use base here, and then you're just paying full interest and you're giving up your staking rewards, so you're kind of just missing out on that 11%. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, really, it just comes down to you're missing out on 11%. I mean, the, the interest in everything is separate, but it sucks that you have to miss out on that 11%. Whereas with liquid staking, you can sort of have your cake and eat it two here, where you get your 11%, and you can use it as collateral for a So time. if
0: someone wanted to learn more about this, like myself, where would I dive into? Mm-hmm. Is there a company building this specifically, or is this on? Is this a feature on uh, DeFi or uh, Avi or other
1: DeFi project? Yeah, good. Good question. So on near this project is called Metapool. Yeah. So I believe there is a site that's just metapool.net. Um, so that's that's a good place to learn about liquid staking. If you want to see this concept used in in applications, well, Proximity is actually working on a, a product to do this uh, right now, where there'll, there'll be more information coming out about that very soon. But a uh, good analogs and kind of you know pioneers in this space, Alchemix is probably the best. They're the ones who really sort of. And pioneered and started using the the terminology of self-repaying loan. Mm. Um, that's a really fascinating one. Um, other looking staking protocols, you know, one of the most well-known is probably Lido. L i d o. Uh, you know, they they're starting to have S T E, which has you know billions and billions of dollars of um, of market value now. A lot of like a, a decent percentage of of ETH that's locked on eth two is is actually by Lido uh, because it provides the liquidity. Um, so that's, that's a object that's going to be used very heavily in DeFi and Ethereum and beyond, too. Um, so, yeah, those are the ones I would check out. Alchemix, if you really want to look into the self-repaying one, they do it a bit differently. Uh, their model is really, really interesting. It gives you kind of a synthetic version of your asset as the loan. So you put in ETH, and you can take out a loan in what's called Al ETH, which is a synthetic ETH, and then sell that Al ETH for your desired token. And as has much really interesting properties. It's kind of a fascinating Hmm. Model.
0: do you know people do oh, do it game do it. you know people personally doing this are you doing this just to more than just playing with it like are people is it you know it, yeah. yeah
1: i I know several people have actually done this to you know whether it's buy a car buy a house etc uh you know people don't really want to sell their crypto because I think most people who are, who have large chunks of crypto these days actually are longer term believers. And so they you know they don't want to to give up that upside I mean also another another uh, you know, implication is uh, it's, it's actually really tax efficient. Mm. You know, being able to take a loan against your asset, you, you don't pay taxes on that right away, right? Uh, whereas if you're going to sell, then of course you do. Um, so, it, it holds a lot of different advantages. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm not doing it yet because we still, like, you know, we have the liquid staking product are existing on here. We don't yet have this, uh, this, like, lending platform that will take uh, this is collateral, but we're working with some teams to make this happen as soon as possible, because I think it's, it's something that the New community really desires because, you know, they believe, they believe in the future of near, but they, uh, and they, and they don't want to, you know, want, don't want to give up that. And yeah, they want to have the cake and eat it too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so
0: we want to enable That's that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm definitely more bullish on near after talking to you than, uh, I was previously. I, I didn't know much about it. So I really appreciate you diving in and explaining your origin story and what you're working on now at Proximity, um, The time flew by, Kendall. Thank you for hopping on and congrats on all the progress. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. All right, buddy. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Around the Coin. If you enjoyed the show today, consider giving us a quick review wherever you listen to podcasts. Tweet about it or text it to a friend. We really appreciate all the support and growing that we can. If you have any guests
3: you'd like us to bring on or feedback for us, don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you.
2: there.